What is going on, good people? Welcome to the Real Life Podcast, a podcast about your real life, my real life, whatever your reality is. This is real life. Now, this is kind of the first official episode. I told y'all after the first trailer piece that I put together that I'm probably going to talk about my backstory. My name is Jordan Richards. I'm your host. And there's a lot that I've been wanting to kind of get off my chest that I feel is is knowledge that people can action. People maybe didn't see this perspective. I talk to a lot of different people every day about what it is that I want to do and what are they doing and what are the tools that they use to become who they are and make them successful. So my goal with this was to kind of take it from what it was as nothing. I'm I'm still someone who's learning. I'm still growing the person I am, my business, my career, like many people are. But the difference is, is that I'm trying to tell my story before it starts. I was actually... I put out a tweet yesterday and I was talking about success and how success really begins before you know it. You don't know where you kind of see that turning point. Some people, they notice it. They see that turning point. Some people, they don't. And once people are successful, what you hear from a lot of people is they talk about the grind. They talk about just grind, just grind, just grind, and eventually you'll get to where you want to be. Um, but I don't necessarily believe that I, I do believe that people had to obviously make mistakes. People had to go the wrong direction and grind for the wrong purpose. And it's what do you as someone who's trying to grow and learn from other people who are successful? How do you know what the correct path is? And I had a really, really good conversation with one of my friends on Twitter, Jesse Reeves, and he was talking about how you don't know the path you have to kind of make your own path and you have to embrace that variance that may come. You may not go the right direction. You may see, you may have self-doubt. You may be unsure of where you're going, but at the end of the day, if you have that path, you need to bust through that. You need to try and break through that self-doubt. And if you can't, that means it's not meant for you. It's not meant for you in that moment. It means you're not ready. And that's okay. Not everyone's going to be ready for what's at, at their footsteps all the time. Some people are able to rise to the occasion in certain circumstances, but not everyone's able to do that and not everyone needs to do that. Um, there's plenty of opportunities we experience throughout our lives that we're simply not ready for in that moment. And so kind of to get back to the topic of discussion is I just wanted to bring that up because it's relevant. But as far as this episode, I wanted to kind of give you the backstory on my life. Where did I come from? What is my real life and how did I become the person I am today? And so basically for those listening, I live in a suburb outside of Toronto in Canada, and I grew up a pretty normal life. Um, I was well off. I didn't really have a whole lot of hardships. Um, I don't have too many allergies other than seasonal allergies. I would say that I had a fairly normal upbringing. Um, the craziest thing really about my upbringing that I tell people is that it's funny how pe- certain people value family, but I would say that I'm not someone who values family all that much. And part of the reason why was because at an early age, I basically didn't have one half of my family, one my whole dad's side of the family. We never really got along. There was some issues there like many families have, but I just kind of 
you know, lost touch with them. And so I don't talk to them really at all today other than my one immediate cousin. Um, but beyond that, that's, that's the only person I talk to on an entire side of my family. So it's definitely, um, one point that's kind of stuck with me, uh, something I don't want to carry on into like with my kids and, and future generations. I want to try and bring those families closer together, but it's definitely something that I think has shaped me as a person and the way I build relationships. But yeah, so I was I was a pretty pretty sheltered, you know, pretty normal kid. I I got everything I wanted for the most part within reason. My parents still pushed me to do well in school, and of course I didn't. Um, not that I wasn't smart. I was just you know a classic slacker. Didn't really try very hard. Did fairly well in my early grades because I was smart enough to get by. And as time went on, I slowly started to struggle because I wasn't willing to put in the work to get to where I wanted to be. And this kind of I guess talks more about my character now and uh, I've always I've always believed in myself. I've always believed in my ability to get things done when need be. And one of the things I would say is that I think that translated in school, but there was a big turning point for me when I was in high school because I kind of went through some harder times, you know, you when you go from elementary school to high school, everyone's experience is different. Some people it's easy, you know, you go with your friends and it's not too different for you emotionally it's not too big of a gap maybe you already know a lot of people in the high school whatever the case may be I don't I don't know everyone's circumstances different um I still went to high school with my friends but I definitely think that there was a weird dynamic at my school I went to a school with a lot of white kids and it's not that I was like the only black kid or anything but definitely you know it was weird um because my previous school was much more diverse it was a lot more of immigrant families and people coming from a more diverse culture into my into my town so going to that school definitely was a bit of a culture shock for me because i wasn't so used to a predominantly white school and that was a little bit weird but you know you adjust and and the funny thing is is that because i was in one of those earlier grades to diversify those classes going forward by the time I graduated we had a very very diverse group of individuals from all walks of life which is really cool to see um to see like a town a high school evolve over time was definitely really interesting for me but yeah I would say that like the biggest turning point probably for me in my life um was when I didn't get into university and the main reason why was like I said I didn't try in school I just kind of got by you know um, I don't know how many people can relate to this, but you know, you go through grade nine, you're like, ah, I'll figure it out next year. Ah, grade 10, I'll figure it out next year. You're kind of just skirting by. You're doing fine. You know, maybe you're getting B's, C's, whatever. Grade 11 comes, your grades start to slip a little bit. You're like, ah, you know, it's only grade 11. I got time. Like, I can still figure it out. And then grade 12 comes and you don't. You don't figure it out. You don't try. You choose to play football because you grew over the summer and you're feeling nice. You know, you want to play football with your friends and you just came off playing soccer. Like I played soccer my whole life. So I played soccer in the summers and then I played football in the winters or in the fall with my at my high school. And so that was a lot of fun for me. But because of that, I basically didn't do any schoolwork. And for those of you who really don't know how my brain works, I'm I'm very creative. But early on, I didn't really take the chance to express that creativity. I wouldn't say I suppressed it, but I didn't really believe in it. I, I think I believed that you were only creative if you could draw. And I can't draw. I still can't draw to this day. Maybe I could learn a little bit, but I always believed that in order to be creative, you had to, you know, be able to draw in some capacity. And I never could. I was always good with colors. I could always 
design things fairly well and I just but I couldn't draw so I didn't believe that I had kind of a a home in the design visual creative world I didn't think I belonged in that world and so I wasn't very strong in English and kind of language and while I love to write um, writing is more of a passion for me Um, but the interesting thing about it is that I don't write often I have to be inspired to write I like to write straight from my heart Um, I don't know kind of like how a writer writes a book but I imagine they curate all these ideas and they just write and write and write until they don't have anything left to say and I think that's kind of how I write whenever I write an article or I write you know something to a friend just to tell them I appreciate them like I did last night I think it's just a way to express my creativity and my writing side that side that I do love that I don't exercise enough um, because it requires so much passion for me to get there it requires so much passion for me to really take the time to write something that it takes a lot for me to kind of get there and so I don't I don't write very often and and I've never been that strong in, in language, period. So it just wasn't a natural fit for me. And so I really gravitated to the sciences. I was always good at math. Um, I was always interested in science, mainly chemistry for me. Um, a little bit of physics and biology was, it was what it was. You had to take it. You had to learn it. So I did. And, and um, like I said earlier about football, I didn't, I didn't do well. I got like a 50% in chemistry first semester. And that was it. It was like, I can't go to school with that. I can't do anything with that because my grade's too low. So from there, it was basically just, you know, have fun, um, have to come back. I don't really have a choice. And it was really, really hard for me because in the moment it was fine. It was fun because I didn't care about school. I still went to school. I didn't like skip because my parents would have killed me, but I was kind of forced to just figure it out, you know, try and take it day by day. And it's hard to kind of evaluate my mental state because I'm much more aware of my mental state now than I used to be. But I honestly think I was happy. I think I dealt with it fairly well and I wasn't really bothered by it. And I kind of just let it go by, you know, the end of the school year come is like, woo, I'm finally done school. And I'm like, fuck, like not me. But I kind of, I kind of made that choice early on. And so I was a bit at peace with it. So I didn't really mind too much. But what I would say is that the biggest moment for me was really when I had to submit my courses for the following year. I had to call my best friend, Alex, and I was like, hey, Alex, can you drive me to the school? I got to submit my courses because he hadn't left for university yet. And so what ended up happening was he drove me because I didn't even have a, I never my license. I didn't have a car. I was, I was a bit of a wreck back then, but you know, I was just a guy who still trying to figure out life, still trying to figure out what my passion was. And I thought my passion was science and it still kind of is in some respects, but I go to hand it in my courses and I'm walking through the hallway and I like literally said out loud to myself, like, what have I done? Like, what have I done? Four words that have really stuck with me for a long, long time. And one of the main reasons why is because Alex was walking with me and he heard them. He was like, he's like, what? I was like, bro, like, what have I done? Like, what am I doing with my life? Like, what the fuck did I do? And it wasn't until that moment that I really realized how much I fucked up by not trying in school. And that's one of the things that really motivated me. And I'm very thankful for that moment because it, it felt transformative in my life. It felt like there was so much that I had to just 
stop being an idiot, you know, like stop being stupid. You want to go to university because you have to get a good education. This is what is expected of you. And it wasn't until that moment that I really realized all that, that I really kind of, I guess, recognized what I had to do. And so, you know, school came, went and it was fine. I did well. I, you know, I didn't play football mainly so that I could focus on school and coach wasn't too happy about that, but it was what I had to do. I had to make the decision for me. And that's, that's what it was all about. It was about writing the ship and not making mistakes. And, you know, I ended up meeting this girl, you know, uh, falling in love with her, all this stuff. And, and that was good. That really helped me to kind of just like stay grounded and, and be focused. But what I would say is that it, while it was good to do well, I didn't feel like I had achieved anything. I feel like I kind of just met the benchmark of what was expected of me because it was never a, Oh, Jordan, you can go to university if you want. You can go to college if it works better for you, or you can just learn a trade. It was, you know, you're smart enough. Like you need to go to university. Don't be a screw up. Don't do anything stupid, like get to university. So I didn't, I didn't feel accomplished to, to get there. And for some people, they would feel accomplished. They would be happy. They got to university and they were able to kind of just, you know, write the ship a little bit. But for me, I was, I was never really happy, but happy about that. I just kind of felt like I did what was expected of me. And yeah, my parents were proud and I, I guess I was a little bit happy. I was able to do it, but I, I always believed I could. I just didn't really give a shit and didn't care to. So basically, yeah, I got into university. I did that. So I went to university the following year. That was fun. You know, met some really good people. And, um, one of the things that really, I guess, kind of taught me the most about like my mental instability was when I finally got out of that relationship that I found in uh, my last year of high school. Cause we, you know, we did the long distance thing. We, we did a whole bunch of, you know, letters and, you know, text messages and talking on FaceTime, you know, the things you do when you're long distance, but it just, it just didn't work. It didn't work for either of us. And, um, it's hard and it's, and I, and I would not recommend it to anybody if you can help it. And because it's, it's something that is very taxing on you. And in a lot of ways, it really made school hard for me. I didn't realize how reliant I was on someone else for my own mental stability. And so losing that really, really broke me down. It really forced me to rebuild myself as a person. And it took I, you know, this happened in my third year of university and that was when my grades kind of, I guess, plummeted. You know, I was, I was getting good grades. I was getting A's and B's and doing fairly well and on track to maybe do something after. And that really just like torpedoed all the momentum I built from high school. And it's not her fault. It was a lot of things that led to that moment, but definitely it was tough on my, on like my mental side to be able to not have anyone in my life. And I really struggled with that for, I'd say, you know, two or three years. I didn't, I didn't handle being alone. Um, I was totally codependent and didn't really, I guess, ever address the fact that I, I wasn't all that there mentally. I didn't, I didn't realize that I needed that person as much as I did as to- as toxic as that relationship was to have someone that I need so badly was very difficult for me and very hard. But what I would say is that I learned so much from it because it just forced me to, to grow as a person, to grow as an individual. 
And then after school, you know, you meet a lot of good people in school and after school, you, you want to get that dream job. I had a biochemistry degree. I graduated with honors still, and I was doing fine. I was, you know, I was working at Home Depot because that was just the job that I'd been doing over the summers when I came home and it worked for me and it was easy and, but it was never enough. You know, I wanted to get a job in my field and, you know, hopefully work on some big, cool science project. My dream was always to be a mad scientist. It took me, thankfully, not too long to realize that that's not really like a dream. It's kind of just like fun. And a lot of people want to be scientists, but it's very rare you get the opportunity to kind of do that and make a really good living. There's a lot of people who get paid to just run tests in a lab for not a lot of money and people will take those jobs. And it's not that I wasn't willing to take one of those jobs. It was that I saw what an increase in salary would do. It would be, you know, more of a management position, more of just overseeing, not a whole lot of actual lab work. And that didn't really interest me. I wasn't, I wasn't too happy with that. I wanted to be in the lab. I wanted to like have the, have some fun and work with all the different chemicals and do all the things I love doing in school. But that probably wasn't going to happen for me. And so I worked for an essential oils company for a while and I applied to some other companies and I just quickly said, nah, this ain't it. Like you worked for four or five years on it and maybe it was a mistake. And like I talked about at the intro of this video, I worked towards a path that went nowhere. And I'm talking about, I realized I didn't want to do it in under six months. So I went through four years of high school taking high level science courses, math courses, going to university like going to university for biochemistry, taking advanced biochem, taking advanced chemistry, learning, you know, mass spec and all these different things, the things you hear about in the news, PCR, all these different genetic sequencing techniques and a whole bunch of different things that I had, I thought that I needed to know to be successful in what would be my eventual career in six months. Boom. That's it. I didn't, I didn't want it anymore. And it made it a lot easier for me because I met this guy that I worked with at Home Depot a lot. His name was Charles. And he was just a contractor who I talked to that we kind of connected or whatever. I, I'm not really sure how to put it, but we always had a good relationship. When when he would come in, I would help him and we would talk about kind of whatever, whatever he was working on. And so he was telling me he was opening up a store and uh, it was going to be a kitchen and bath store. And it was going to focus on renovations. And he he basically told me he wanted me to run it. And so the problem for me was I was working two jobs at the time. I was working for this essential oil company, uh, basically nine to five every single day, Monday to Friday. And I was working at Home Depot um, nights, or sorry, not nights, uh, just in the evenings and then on weekends. And it just wasn't sustainable for me. It was it was really hard. I wasn't making that much money because I was just like, I need to get a job in my field. It's I worked so hard for this. I gotta I gotta figure it out. And and they were paying me like basically minimum wage, like a little bit above, and it just wasn't fulfilling enough. I was driving to Brampton about an hour in rush hour traffic. And for anyone who knows rush hour in Toronto is really, really bad. It's one of the worst in North America. And uh, yeah, I was taking dealing with that every single day. And for someone who basically only lived locally in their town, it was a bit of a pain for me. And I think it really disrupted me mentally. It, it made me a very angry person. People talk about that. People talk about being in rush hour and dealing with traffic and having that road rage and just like that general angst 
from being in traffic and driving around all day and dealing with people in that sense. And I think that I actually suffered from that. I think that that's like a real thing that I legitimately went through. And it's really interesting because it was like the first time I'd ever had to commute for a job. And it's, and people would say, wow, why didn't you just like suck it up, deal with it, all that. And I was like, in the moment though, I, I thought I was, I thought I was fine. And I was just struggling because I had to work a lot and I was working a lot of hours and not a whole lot of time off. And I still wanted to have fun and I just wasn't able to. And it just, my work-life balance was just really bad. And maybe, maybe that's the reason why it wasn't good. And work-life balance is so important to me now. It's one of the things that I'm really focusing on for my future career is kind of how I'm going to plan my life, plan my career, how I want to go about things. And so I'm definitely um, thankful that I was able to find this job. And I was working in town uh, for this kitchen and bath retailer, basically managing the whole company. And so that's what I did for about two and a half years. And it was fun. You know, it was it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot of really important things about houses, which was good for my future house and um, working with contractors and dealing with suppliers, you know, just like general kind of sales stuff. But obviously talking to people and I was the main salesperson selling to people, doing designs for kitchens, managing the inventory, all that stuff. It was pretty small scale, but felt big because, you know, we're swinging 30,000, 40,000, 100,000 dollar deals sometimes, so it's just making sure we have everything that we need and and um keeping the money flowing in and all of that. Then obviously coronavirus hit and it was what are you going to do now? You're laid off. And like many people, I struggled a little bit, but I think what was very lucky for me is probably about a year into my time at this kitchen and bath renovation company was I discovered photography. I discovered videography. Um, one of the people that I loved more than anything on YouTube was Peter McKinnon. He's actually a, uh, a local photographer, videographer, YouTuber, whatever you want to call him. He calls himself a photographer. So I'll call him a photographer in Toronto. Um, and yeah, so I, I loved his videos. I loved watching his videos. I loved all the things he could do. I never knew that you could do so many cool things with a camera. And because I was in the renovation industry, I was like, I need to be able to take good pictures of our renovations, the before and after photos. So people will know our work and what we do because my boss previously wasn't doing that, or at least not at the level that I think is acceptable. So naturally being me, um, I don't really do anything half-assed. So I went out and I saved some money and I kind of, you know, stop buying some things I didn't need to buy, lunches, whatever the case may be. And I ended up buying a camera. I bought the Canon EOS R and I bought a kit lens, the 24 to 105 millimeter lens. And it's been my best friend probably for about a year and a half now. And I cannot say anything bad about that decision. I spent a lot of money. I believe it was about 4,300 Canadian on that camera. But what I would say is the doors that it opened for me as a creative are endless. And I researched this camera like no other. Um, It's not the best camera by any means. And it actually recently got updated. And it kills me that I can't afford to buy it because I want to buy it so bad. Um, The new Canon EOS R5 or the R6 even is better than mine. And I just... I just fell in love with it from the very beginning. I was like, I didn't realize how 
hard taking photos was until I actually tried to do it until I actually tried to find the angles and adjust lighting and do it all manually and not just, you know, pull up my phone and take a can't take a picture because that on it's garbage. It, it, they're good. iPhones are great. Um, Google phones are great um, at what they do and they're really good at HDR, but that wasn't really, that wasn't good enough for me. Once I kind of discovered the art of photography and the art of videography and all the things you can do within that. And I just, I just fell in love with that, like very, very quickly. And I was, I found myself not even doing work. I was just watching YouTube videos on how to work a camera and how to do this and how to do that, um, with the camera, whether it's in photos or video and, and video is the big one. You know, most people struggle with video, uh, because it's a lot more cumbersome. There's a lot more things to it. There's a lot more considerations. And I just, I don't know, man, I just fell in love with it. So when I quit, when, when I got laid off, I, you know, kind of quit, kind of got laid off a bit of, bit of both. They couldn't afford to keep me, but they said they wanted to bring me back, which was good for me. If I wanted to go back, that's, that's awesome. But it, the problem was, was the pandemic allowed me time. It allowed me time to assess my mental state, where I was headed, how I felt about the company and where I wanted to go. And what I would say is that I think that is invaluable. Uh, Many people are cursing the pandemic and hate it. And it's put them in very terrible financial situation. And I understand all of that. I'm not blind to any of that, but definitely what it allowed me more than anything was time. I was working a job that wasn't necessarily hard, but like many people, you know, work takes over their life in some respects. And I was working 40, 50 hours a week and I was going to the gym after that. And then I'd wake up and I'd do the same thing the next day. And I didn't really take time to re- to assess where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do and where my life was headed for almost two and a half years because I didn't, I, there wasn't really time for me to take vacations. I was the only employee. So I was always on the clock. Basically clients would call me any time of night, text me, to make sure that we had what they needed or that things were coming in on time. And it made things really difficult for me because it just drained, it just drained everything about me. It just drained me, drained me, drained me, drained me. And I don't know if I could have done it much longer. And so basically once March hit, I was laid off and I thought about what I wanted to do. And that's when I started getting deeper into fantasy football and creating content with that. And I started talking to my dear friend, Ray Garvin, um, who has his YouTube channel, Destination Devi. And you can find me on that YouTube channel a little bit here and there. But basically, our goal was to get that rolling. You know, it was draft season coming up and we were creating content almost daily to try and get his name out there to get his voice out there. And then that became super successful. You know, it was first it was 500 subscribers and it was a thousand subscribers and it's monetization and it's 2000. Now it's 3000. Now he's almost at 3200 in basically one off season and a little bit of a season. And on top of that, he launched a Patreon with over 200 members. He's, you know, just blowing up right now. And I'm so happy for him. And I told him that last night, I told him how happy I am for him and how, just how passionate he is and how, how successful I hope he becomes. And it's just, I'm thankful to be a part of that in some respect, because I really saw that whole process really take off. And 
yeah, he has his Patreon now with his Discord with like 300 members and it's always blowing up and I can't even keep track of it half the time. There's, there's always so many messages going in and out. But that's more the fantasy football side of, of my life. But this is more about the content side and the creator inside of me, the person that is always looking to create, the person that is still looking for things to create, whether it's football content, whether it's YouTube, whether it's photography. Um, I take pictures of my brother all the time because he's a narcissist and he likes good pictures of himself. So you can check out my Instagram account. It's J Rich Imaging on Instagram. And I have pictures of him on there, pictures of the escarpment in, in, uh, in Toronto and all the different things around me that I, that I like and I enjoy and that I like to take pictures of. And I'm hoping to, you know, do a bit more with that because I haven't been as active lately as I should. And, you know, I met, um, a wonderful girl last year on my birthday and we've been dating for 11 months, uh, almost 12 months. So I'm extremely thankful for her. Um, she's supported me like nobody I've ever met. She's always there for me whenever I need it. She's never, ever unwilling to talk to me about something that I'm struggling with, um, something that I'm having trouble opening up about. And we support each other. We support each other a lot. Um, she's had her own hardships. She's had her own things she has to go through. And I'm trying to be there for her to help her with that. And so... We've just become an excellent team. And so I've been trying to figure out what I want to do next. Like I said, the pandemic really gave me time to think about what do I want to do next? So I was doing the YouTube thing with Ray and that was so much fun. And, you know, the government's paying for me to sit at home. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to just chill and figure out what, what I want my next move to be and how do I want to execute it. And basically what ended up happening was my boss called me and he's like, hey, I want you to come back. And I was like, eh, I don't know. I'm kind of enjoying what's going on right now. I'm kind of enjoying my process. And I didn't really tell him what I was doing. I just pretty much told him that I wanted a raise and I didn't want to come back without it, mainly because I was just working a lot. And he's trying to get make me more hands on, but he's not willing to pay me for that. So push came to shove. He wasn't able to do it. And I understand it's a pandemic. He doesn't have any money. His business is barely afloat, but that was what I wanted. If I was going to give up all the freedom and creativity that I have been exercising for the past two to three months. And so obviously I didn't go back. I'm still unemployed. I'm still trying to figure out what my next move is, but I would say that starting this podcast is a very big moment for me. It's something that I really wanted to do for a long time, and I thought about doing it on YouTube, but I thought that it'd be better served as a podcast, something people can just listen to, to hear my story, my thoughts, the things that I'm doing, the things that motivate me as a creator, as a creative, as a person, and how... I go about trying to be better for myself because it's very difficult. You know, you wake up a lot of days kind of demotivated. You wake up unsure what to do. Like for me right now, I'm trying to get a job as a real estate photographer um, just to kind of grow my portfolio is the things I can do. And real estate photography is pretty easy. It's no different than my renovation photography and even the company that I'm talking to right now about a potential contract. Um, they do renovations as well. So I told, you know, the CEO that I can do that because I'm used to it and it's really just getting the equipment. But of course, it's not just, it's not just getting the job or having the skills. It's, oh, do you have the equipment? Do you have the right lenses? Do you have this? Do you have that? You know, I'm looking at purchasing a $3,000 lens 
because it's the one that I can use basically forever, but it's that's the cost I may have to pay in order to not get the job, but to do the job the way I want to do it. And I think it's really important that you always hold yourself to a certain standard. And I think throughout this whole podcast, you've noticed that my standards for a while were very low. I didn't really think much of myself. I didn't really think much of my self-worth. And I had a lot of doubt in my mind, even though there was a lot of instances where I was able to overcome those circumstances, whether it's in university, whether it's high school, whether it's um, choosing to completely forego my intended career path with school. I've always believed in my ability to kind of figure things out, like I mentioned before, but it's still a lot to handle that mentally. And I think before I couldn't, I don't think I was there, but now I think I'm definitely growing and I, and I want people to learn from my story as well. I believe everyone has a story. And I think that while my story may be a little bit blander than others, it won't come with a whole lot of hardships. It's still just beginning as far as I'm concerned. And so if you are along this journey with me, I think that, or at least I hope there's something you can take from it to implement in your own life, whether you're successful or not, whether you're still grinding or not, whether you're still wanting to be better or not, because we all can be better. We all can do things differently. We all can learn from each other. And I hope to learn from some of you who do listen and who do want to be better and grow and do all these things. Cause for me right now, it's all about figuring out what's next. What am I doing on a daily basis? Am I going to read every day? Am I going to meditate? Am I going to listen to music? Am I going to apply for jobs? Am I going to have a schedule of creativity mixed with business management, mixed with networking, mixed with this and mixed with that? Um, I don't have answers to any of those questions. I'm literally doing this in the moment. And so like yesterday, I'll talk about what I did because I thought it was really, really good for me. It was just a way for me to just like let some emotions out. Last night, I stayed up all night. I didn't sleep. It was probably about one o'clock in the morning. Um, I started reading Crushing It by Gary Vee. I had it a long time ago. I read some of it. I put it down, picked it back up again, started reading it. And I started thinking. I started thinking about me, what I'm doing, um, mainly in the kind of like fantasy football space. I'm I, I'm not big into fantasy football, but um, as far as influence goes, but I have a small following and I, I, am, I am connected with a lot of influential people. And so I was just kind of thinking about all the people I'm connected to and, and realized I never really exercised that. I never reach out to those people to kind of say like, hey, how can I help you? Like you follow me and we follow each other and I've never even talk to you. I've never even reached out to you. I thought that was really interesting. I thought that it's very me. I'm very reserved. I don't talk about my feelings a lot. And that's why this podcast is, I think, a transformative moment for me because it just allows me a place to just talk, talk about whatever is on my mind, whatever I'm feeling, um, and hopefully help people because that's the ultimate goal. I want to help people. I want to help people with what they're going through, what they're struggling with, and to hear my voice and hopefully be able to act based on some of the things that I did. A lot of what I do is just pushing through, pushing through that moment, pushing through that hardship, trying not to be overwhelmed by the moment. And it's very difficult to do. It's very, very difficult to do, but it's something I've always done, And it, but it doesn't work for a lot of people. And so I wanna find new techniques that I can help people with um, in their real life, you know, not just things they can maybe do, like I mentioned before, to help gain an Instagram following or to help gain a Twitter following. Like I have a, 
reasonable Twitter following of like t- over 2000 people about football. And that's cool. And I like it and it's fun. Um, but I think there's so much more to life than that. And I, and I love seeing that type of stuff on Twitter from the people I follow to be like, Hey, like, it's not all about football. Like there's other things going on in the world and acknowledging that and helping each other out with that, I think is really important. And that's kind of one of the reasons why this came about. And so back to kind of my story from last night is I was reading crushing it and I was kind of going through all the people that I have, like I haven't even connected with, but follow me and that I've maybe interacted with here or there, but I've never really said, Hey, like, how are you doing? How is your life? What's going on? What really set me off was that I was just like thinking over and over like, man, like, why am I not doing this? Why am I not trying to be a better person? Like just a better human? Because I grew up a very selfish person, very self-involved, not in a bad way, not that I'd force on other people, but I just wouldn't look out for others the way I should. I had a small circle of friends. Um, Even when I went to school, I didn't text them that much to see if they were okay. I kind of just did whatever I did for me. Um, And that was one of my burdens when I got out of my relationship was it was just me. I didn't have really anyone around me to kind of support me. Um, because I'd always been so quiet, so reserved, so just, I just, I guess like alone that with my thoughts that I just never really was able to use anyone for support. So I kind of had to like make that. And there was literally like, I don't, I don't mean this in like a sexual way, but girls just coming in and out of my life, um, that I would talk to, to have as like my quote unquote girlfriend that would always be there on the other end of my phone that I missed. It wasn't that there was necessarily anything going on. It was just that I needed someone there for me for a long time until I was able to handle being alone, like actually alone and not have someone there who's always there for me. Yeah. So basically what happened was, um, last night I was just up at like 3am, 4am and I was like, man, there's a lot of good people in my life, whether I realize it or not. Um, there's a lot of good people in my life that I am connected to that I can reach out to who I talk to regularly, who I appreciate. And so I told them, I told probably 10 people and I was like, Hey, and I all sent them like personal, um, custom messages saying, Hey man, like I appreciate you. I appreciate what you do. I appreciate you being in my life. I thank you. I love you just everyone that I can think of who had influenced me in my career, in my life, um, people that I'm extremely thankful for. And it's funny because I talked about how I don't have an appreciation for family. And I didn't mention, I didn't message one family member, not, not even one. And my family's weird though. Like we have an appreciation for each other that kind of goes unsaid. People look at our family and they, they wonder if like we actually love each other because of the way we treat each other at times. But Um, that mutual love is always there, but like I said, I didn't reach out to any of them. This is mostly my friends, you know, people that I talk to, whether they're on Twitter, whether they're my, uh, my close friends or people that I just haven't spoken to in a long time. Um, but I think I want to widen that circle of friends and that sphere of influence and people that I keep up with because that I think is going to be my next step is to take what I have now and build upon it. I have a great foundation. Now, what do I do with that foundation? I have to build on that. I have to build on it and see what becomes of it. Because as far as I want to get in my career, 
I'm going to need to have others around me to support me in order to make that become like in order to bring that to fruition. And I'm not saying use them for their money or use them for their support. It's just, it's good to have that sphere of influence. And I want to help those people do the things that they want to do. So as much as I want their help with things that I'm doing and that support, I also want to be that support system for them in the things that they choose to do. And that for me is going to be like my next action item is to reach out to more people to be like, Hey, do you need anything? Do you need help with stuff? Can I help you? A lot of people aren't that creative or at least they think they aren't. And I think using my ability to kind of unlock that, like I once had to do with myself, I want to try and help people do that, whether it's helping businesses, whether it's helping individuals, friends, peers, neighbors, that's kind of my next step. I think, um, I want to, you know, be more regimented and do more things that really help me be a better person in society. Because I, like I said, I was very selfish. I was very self-serving. I wasn't doing a lot for others, but I think I need to change that a lot. I need to change that in the way I approach everything, the way I approach relationships, the way I approach my job, my career, just the way I approach my real life. And so with that being said, I think that's a great note to end the podcast on is be a better person and approach things um, in a more positive light for other people. Um, it's It can be said that you're not going to get anywhere being selfish, but I don't necessarily believe that's not that's true. I think there's plenty of selfish people who get very far and it's because they're selfish that they get there. But I don't think that's the way that I want to live my real life. I think that I am a great support system for a lot of people. I think there's a lot of people who could use me. One of my favorite quotes um, that I've tweeted, that I've said, that I've thought multiple times in my life throughout my entire life is a song from black and he the lyrics go like this i give a piece of me to everybody i meet not because they want it it's because it's probably a need claim they woke but they probably asleep and i live by those words because i do feel like i have so much value to people i feel like i do have something to offer to people And it's not to be, like I said, narcissistic or thinking I'm better than anyone. It's just because I believe that I'm just so, I do believe that I'm different. I believe that I just approach things much differently than a lot of people. And I think I provide a unique perspective. And I don't believe that a lot of people would approach things the way I do. I was talking to my best friend, Alex, today, and he was telling me how he appreciates me and he loves me and all these different things. But The main thing that I told him is I was like, I know I do things different and I've always done things different. And it's, it's annoying because I, I just want to like get a regular job and just like go do something. But that's just, I don't know. It's just not me. Like I'd rather be out shooting videos or taking photos. And like, I'm getting into real estate right now because I want to sell houses on the side because people tell me that I'd be really good at it. And I, and I already do really like the whole process of real estate and, Um, like the renovation side that always really intrigued me. So I was always very interested in that. So I'm doing that and I do stock photography and I want to, you know, do more things on top of that, whether it's getting more involved at the fantasy industry or betting or whatever it is. I think that I give a piece of me to everybody I meet, not because they want it. It's because it's probably in need claim they woke, but they probably asleep in the cage thinking if they make a meal they'd be free like meek is the end of that bar but it's less relevant to the situation and i just want to leave you with that 
Um, I, I love that quote more than anything. I think it defines me in so many ways. I think it's one of the reasons why I love Black so much. He's my favorite artist by a landslide. It's not even close. And just, I want to thank you guys for listening. If you are listening, if you made it this far, I don't know how long this was, but I'm sure it's long. And I appreciate you guys for listening. Until next time, I appreciate you guys. Have a wonderful day. Take some of that with you. Bring positivity. Reach out to your peers. Make connections. Network. Because you never know what can become of any of those things. And I'm a living example of someone who hasn't done the most with my situation. And I need to be better. So let's go ahead and let's be better. This is the Real Life Podcast. Your host, Jordan Richards. I'm out. Wow. 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 Um, if you listen for that long, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I cannot thank you more enough for taking the time out of your day to listen to me, listen to me talk for 45 minutes. That's, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, because you made it this far, um, if you do want to talk to me, you want to reach out to me, you can follow me on Twitter, reach out to me at Chaboy J Rich, C-H-A-B-O-Y-J Rich. You can follow me on Instagram. Um, my handle is jrichimaging. That's my photography business account. Um, feel free to hit me up if you have any questions, if you want me to talk about anything on the podcast. Feel free to drop a comment if you got any comments. You know, rate and review the podcast. Let me know what you think, what you change, what you like, what you don't like. Is it too long? Is it too short? Um, for everyone who actually made it this far, that means you actually listened to the whole thing, or maybe you scrub to the end and you, you want to get that exclusive little bit, but regardless, I appreciate you, whether you listen to the whole thing or you just listen to this ending part, I appreciate it. So thank you so much. Um, this is a very, very, very big moment for me. Um, it's very therapeutic in a lot of ways. And, and one, one thing that I didn't, didn't mention on the actual show was, um, it is a way for me to just kind of go through my thoughts, my emotions, and then to listen back to it. It's like, how was I thinking in that moment? Did I convey myself the way I would want to be conveyed in public? Um, and just, it's literally me, raw emotions. How am I feeling? What am I going through? And I appreciate all you guys for listening. So thank you again. This is a little excerpt to the show. Um, I want to include it to say thank you one more time. Um, and if you do want to reach out to me, you know, hit me up on Twitter or Instagram. I might make some individual accounts for this, uh, depending on what happens. But for now, you can just reach out to me personally um, and just hit me up there. Thanks again. Peace.